Josh Williams here and welcome to episode number two of the One Man Podcast for Wednesday, May 24th, 2017. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, my voice is coming back. I'm already starting with the uhs. Again, my voice is coming back. It's not back 100%, but I'm happy to be uh, able to talk a little bit better. I'm also recording this in the daytime. There's daylight on my face and on my back. It makes me happy to be alive. Um, the uh, I want to start by saying the first episode of the One Man Podcast has been very well received. Lots of great feedback from uh, you guys. I appreciate you sending you know text messages and Facebook messages and things like that. My friends, I want to do a couple little shout outs to some people who are listening from quite a decent ways away. I've got uh, two friends who don't know each other in London, Ontario, Cameron and Vanessa, who are listening to the One Man Podcast. Thank you guys very much. My friend Matt in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia is listening. And uh, Julian in Wakefield, Quebec. Yeah, that's right. I've got people all over Canada <laughs> and very close to me within driving distance listening to the podcast. I looked this morning. We got hits in the United Kingdom and Australia already for my my humble little show. So I'm glad that uh, people are listening. And I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be doing this. And I hope it gets better and better with every episode, as will my voice, I think. I'm super excited, guys. My last week uh, was fun. I keep with the us, but I, I gotta I, I gotta figure out where to start. I think what it is is just developing the structure. You know, going what do I want to talk about first? I've got all my notes in front of me, but which one takes precedence? Which one gets to 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 cut the ribbon on the podcast? Right. I uh, I did a show on Friday night at the Velvet Room. I was saying that it was going to be a bit of a nightmare on the first podcast. I talked about how the first time we did that show, there was a live band going on, there was people eating. This last one took place, uh, I think, game five of the Ottawa Senators versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. We had very few people uh, planning to be there, very few reservations. And uh, they ended up coming. Uh, people came. There was 19, 19 or 20 people, which, believe it or not, when the room next to you is playing the Sens game and people are exploding, like we could hear every goal the Sens scored, which on that particular game was not many. Uh, they have since lost profoundly worse um, since the first game that we saw back on Friday. But uh, yeah, anyways, the show was good. I got to give up a personal shout out to Neil, who is the uh, the GM there. Uh, really, they've they've come a long way. I mean, the, the room looks great. The spotlight works. The sound's way better. The people who were there had a great time. I want to thank the two servers who were killing it that night, doing a great job, keeping everybody happy while we uh, we waited uh, Cass and Dolly, you guys did a great job. You'll never hear this, but, uh, I just wanted to give credit where credit's due. So, uh, absolute comedies room, uh, at the velvet room in Canada is actually looking like it's going to be a nice little, you know, weekly staple out in the West end of Ottawa. So if you're looking for comedy out in Ottawa in the West end, definitely an option to go to the velvet room. Now they're starting to find their, their footing. So they've come a long way. I want to give credit where credit's due. That was a lot of fun on Friday night. I got to work with some, uh, some great comics, and uh, yeah, so that was fun. I'm, it was not the nightmare that I was forecasting last week on the podcast. So uh, way to go, everybody. You guys did a great job. I, uh, As I mentioned, my voice is coming back slowly but surely. I think it's, I think I'm still struggling with allergies at this point because I do struggle from allergies. I won't get into it, but I've been taking shots and things like that. It doesn't seem to be making a huge difference. And the way the weather has been in Ottawa the last few weeks has been like rain one day and then, then snow and then ridiculous heat, humidity, and then tsunami type rain. 
it's been all over the place. So the trees and the pollen and, and the ulcer, all the plant life has no idea what's going on. So I think it thinks that I went through four seasons and four days. So the trees are just popping pollen everywhere. Like Jim and American pie. When Nadia touches them just over and over pop, I was driving, uh, <laughs> I was driving home the other day and right in front of the, the Queensway, like the highway here in Ottawa, there was, I could see a cloud, a giant yellow cloud of just pollen swirling around from all these trees. It was disgusting. I rolled up the windows and I think that's why I'm still struggling to get my voice back because I have horrible seasonal allergies and, uh, and the way things have been in the city, it's been pretty disgusting. So hopefully our, our environment figures out what the hell's going on and, uh, and just picks a fucking season. All right. We gotta, we gotta survive in this stuff and I gotta know what pills to take. I've got a giant pharmacy sitting next to my bed at all times trying to just to, to breathe and, and speak properly. So I think I'm getting better. I think I'm on the mend. Maybe episode, maybe episode three, I'll sound more like myself. Uh, but in the meantime, this is what we're, we're working with here. Uh, I wanted to, uh, I, okay. So I told you guys in the last episode, uh, it was uh, my girlfriend's week uh, birthday coming up last weekend. And I was trying to think of what to do you know, to celebrate it and to try to make it special for her. And what I ended up doing because she works a crazy busy life and she's got lots of responsibilities at night during the day on the weekends. Um, I decided instead of, instead of grabbing her and running around the city, doing this, that, and the other, I thought it might be nice to just put your feet up. We'll watch a movie. You know, I went out to, and bought a bunch of different like cheese platters and meat platters and wine and uh, just decided, you know what? You're going to put your feet up. You're going to have all these nice little sort of snacks. You're going to treat her like an old pharaoh. You know what I mean? Here, you just lay here. I, I wouldn't feed her grapes. That would be weird. <laughs> but but the emotional equivalent was here to have all this stuff. Got some wine. I got her uh, a couple lattes in the morning. And uh, and I did what I think is a good a good boyfriend move to do occasionally, which is... If you're trying to surprise somebody, which is which was the whole plan, surprise her, right? Take take the decision making off the plate for her on the weekend, and take the the guesswork out of it. So that's why I said that's why I went with uh, you know let's just have some meats and some cheeses and some snacks and you know some wine, nice little put your feet up day. And uh, so what I did was I, I went to get lattes for her, and I was like you know did you want uh, do you want a latte? Got to check right because caffeine makes the little ones jitter. <laughs> and uh, I I just said hey you know do you know what you want? She goes surprise me. Which, at a place like Tim Hortons, when you have like the choice of two, no problem. I can do that. P- pick one. Fr- vanilla or chocolate, I think. But at Starbucks, every drink has like 17 steps that go into it. And, and there's so many different ones in the menu. So I, I went and I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll surprise you. Then I got there and I couldn't even, there wasn't any lattes even on their menu board. So after giant lineup behind me, I had to say, uh, what kind of lattes do you guys have? Definitely looking like it's my first time. I get the Tazo chai latte, but she doesn't like that. And I know that. So I was said, I just said, what do you guys have? And they're like, well, we have the choppity boopity boppity beepity bap. And then the shaka maka maka haka. And I'm like, I just slow down because <laughs> I can't retain all these words. Right. I felt like I was in a rap battle for a second. Just there, all their words rhymed and they were coming at me quick. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to I'm going to fucking choke when it's my turn. And I did. <laughs> I was like, OK, you got to say that again. So eventually they said, I think is a caramel something, something macchiato. And I know I've heard her order that one before. So I was like, OK, give me that. Give me one of those. And then I said, what else have you got? And then at one point they said uh, some green tea something or something latte. 
again, I could I could remember two. I got a forty percent remembrance on these stupid latte titles. So they're like, oh, you get the bloody blood. Yeah, and I just okay. I remember green tea and latte. I, that's so I, I said, give me that. I know she likes green tea as well. So the boyfriend move I was talking about is you buy two, right? If you're gonna surprise them or something, you get two. And then you let them pick. Same with the dinner, right? You order two meals and then whatever one she likes, she eats. Whatever one she doesn't, you don't. You or you eat, right? Which is a nice thing, right? So that way she has two chances to find something she likes. And when they handed me the green tea latte, because again, I was just trying to remember them so I could say what was what when I presented them to the uh, the birthday girl. Uh, the, the When they handed me the green tea one, it looked like a broccoli kale like smoothie like it looked gross and this is a hot drink so i was like this is gonna be i go i like just took one look at it and i go i'm gonna be drinking you <laughs> you do not look good so when i gave them to uh to the lady she she tried them i uh, was not a fan of the green tea one at, and neither was i but it was my drink i gave it a home because they're like seven bucks each <laughs> so i think it's funny too because it's tons of calories it tastes gross but I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll drink this one. Anyways, so so she uh, she had that. And then we put her feet up and I decided um, throughout the course of the week, uh, her and I really like uh, horror movies. Um, I'm a huge pussy, only in the sense that I'm high strung. So if anything pops out at me ever, I fucking scream. I scream and go stiff in the theater. So, but it's fun. I still have a good time. She laughs. Um, if I happen to have my hand on her leg when that happens, she gets squeezed. So... She doesn't think that's funny, but, uh, I, I saw a week leading up to her birthday that alien covenant was coming out and she's not a big sci-fi person not at all, but all the commercials kept saying, you know, this is the scariest movie in a long time. Rolling stone and blah, blah, blah say, you know, and I was like, okay, well I've seen the other alien movies and some of them were scary. They jump scares, things like that, but she's not a sci-fi person at all. So I figured, okay, we're going to need to, to, you know, I'm going to take a chance on this. She wants me to surprise her. There's nothing out in theaters right now that's remotely scary. So let's take a chance on this. And at the end of the day, it's aliens popping out and killing people. We watched monster, we watch monster movies and that's the same thing. So let's just the monster, but we're in space. And it turns out that that was a direct sequel of Prometheus that came out in uh, 2012, which even myself, like I like sci-fi movies, but I don't. I don't like the ones that are just nothing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, isn't it cool space sample? Yay. Well, I don't, I don't know. I can't even describe Prometheus. We So we watched. That's what we did. We put her, foot, her, her feet up, had the snacks, had the lattes, and watched Prometheus. And it was the most boring fucking movie I've seen in a long time. And it's not to say that the acting wasn't good. Fassbender was great. What's her face? Charlize Theron was great. Um, you know, everyone's, everyone did well in that movie, but it was just, it was so long. And for, for my girlfriend who like, it, it took me 33 years to get her to watch Star Wars. Like when we were kids and we knew each other, I tried to get her to watch Star Wars. She was fast forwarding through the whole thing. She was so bored. So if you can't find interest in so like we finally got her to watch them like a week before we went to go see Force Awakens. That's how long it took to get her to watch Star Wars. And if you can't find any interest in Star Wars, now she did enjoy it at the end, but again, this was after, you know, already cutting through it twice. 
If you can't find interest in Star Wars, you are not finding interest in Prometheus, which is like the Martian, but boring. <laughs> so if anyone hated the Martian, stay the hell away from Prometheus. But uh, it was, yeah, it was decent. It ended up basically the whole movie is like, oh, where do human beings come from? What is this weird space school? Why is it poisoning us? And then at the very end of the movie, you're like, oh, it has something to do with aliens to, to give birth to aliens or whatever. So, and at this point I had already bought our tickets to see alien covenant. I was, I was struggling for ideas to go see, you know, what to see for her birthday or what to do. So when I just saw those commercials, super scary, whatever, I whipped up my phone, Cineplex, buy the tickets done. And, uh, and then we're sitting there watching Prometheus and I'm going, I've made a fucking terrible mistake. This is going to be terrible. I'm already ruining her afternoon with Prometheus she's not going to be looking forward to the movie tonight at all. And I, to be honest, I, I wasn't, I was like, this is, oh, fuck, this is going to suck. I was going to say, I dropped the ball big time. I cheese and here's cheese and crackers, cheese and crackers and meats. And, uh, and here's your fucking broccoli kale latte. <laughs> I found, I found the most boring movie that you could not possibly be interested. Happy birthday, baby. Clearly. <laughs> I was so, I have to tell you, I was so embarrassed all day. Just watching that movie. I looked over at one point near the end and I, uh, she was asleep on the couch. <laughs> you know, I think she only like fell asleep for like five, 10 minutes because something big happened that woke her up near the end. But she's like, what I missed? And I was like, nothing. You missed nothing. I, I think I finally understand when you see parents getting excited for their kids. They're like, oh my God, isn't that special? That's great. You look at me, what the fuck? How are you so excited? That was me trying to be excited for Prometheus during the day, you know, for her birthday. Uh, so yeah, Prometheus, I got to say thumbs down. That could have been, I think they could have done that whole thing in like a 30 minute episode of a TV show, as opposed to stretching it out as long as they did. Um, but we, we said, okay, well, alien though is aliens, right? It's going to be, we watched the trailer and there was like a lot more shit happening. We're like, okay, this is going to be way better because look, now the aliens are alive and it's, you know, now it's going to be scary, right? Um, alien covenant significantly better than Prometheus, um, was not scary, uh, in the slightest, I gotta say, um, but it was interesting. So if you are a fan of the alien movies, I would say definitely check it out. You gotta see Prometheus first. So that was the saving grace of us watching that boring ass movie was that, you know, it, it really does have a direct connection and just about everything that's, I mean, it's the same characters, um, from that. So you, you really need to know what the hell's going on in that in order to enjoy alien covenant, but a uh, big thumbs down for Prometheus. Um, and a big, well, thank God it wasn't as bad as Prometheus for Alien Covenant. So that's what we did for the lady's birthday. Um, I think Mulligan on my part, <laughs> we're going to have to try again next year and, and definitely no space movies. All right. Um, definitely no Ridley Scott, right? How do you go from Thelma and Louise to the most boring thing in the world? Huh? Right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was, uh. I, I still, like I said, I mean, it was fun, but I definitely, in terms of, of for the birthday, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty disappointed. You screwed me, Ridley Scott. I am not going to your next fucking thing. Um, yeah. So we had a good time. Uh, Sunday we ended up having, uh, her family over to her place and we, uh, you know, we finished the rest of that stuff that I had purchased, uh, for snackages. And then we played this really game, uh, really cool game called what's yours like. Um, I don't have a lot to say about it. And I'm sure that at this point you guys are already bored with the stuff that I'm talking about, but, uh, the, uh, the, the game was fun. 
it was kind of, I, I don't think it was like cards against him. It's not because it's not goofy and stuff. But the idea is like somebody has something and everybody else around them. This person asks, hey, what's yours like? And everybody has to, you know, they take turns answering, but, you know, going around in a circle and, you know, let's say, uh, let's say the word that everybody else knows, right? Everyone else knows that the person who's playing does not. Let's say it would be like, um, you know, your favorite musical instrument. You'd say to the first person, hey, what's yours like? And they might be like, oh, it has strings. And that's really all the person has to guess up. They don't even know it's an instrument, nothing. They just know it has strings, whatever it is. You know, and then they can go to the next person and go, oh, it's really heavy. Like, okay. But the thing is, not everyone has to have the same thing because the whole concept is your favorite musical instrument. So one person's might have strings and it could be a ukulele and the next person's could be, you know, grand piano. But the idea is as you go around and, and deduce from other things, you start to get similarities and, uh, and you, you know, you break it up apart like this. Kind of like 20 questions. The only thing is you can just ask that person, what's yours like? I think the first one that we got was like bathroom sink. So... It was pretty easy. It looked like it was going to be an easy game because the first person's like, what's yours like? It's white. The next person, it's, you know, heavy, blah, blah, blah. It's wet. The other one, it's dirty. It's near the front, you know, front door. It's, it's this. So it starts to narrow down. Of course, however many questions you have to ask before you guess it, that's how many points you take. And it's like golf, less points wins. So we did that. And as usual, family games go, people start to get heated, start fighting, throwing new rules at each other, got super competitive. And uh, myself and her mom were on the same team and we won. That's right. I can guess bathroom stuff and favorite instruments, <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was fun. Uh, we had a good time. So Sunday ended up being a, a really great day. We had a great time, and she liked that a lot more. So it was a good birthday weekend for her altogether. And that's what my my focus has been really in the last week. Did the show on Friday. Had a boring sci-fi day on Saturday, and some cool family uh, afternoon stuff on a Sunday. Um, what else? Uh, what else was I going to talk about? Oh, I saw. I went to uh, Baywatch last night. Uh, good buddy Matt Champ gave me some tickets to go see Baywatch, um, which is the only reason that I went because that looks super stupid. <laughs> um, I never watched the show when it was around, so why would I want to watch the movie with The Rock and Zac Efron? That kid is in way too many things. Really is. He looks like a five-year-old with big blue eyes and a stupid haircut. Anyways. I'm probably just hating on him because everybody loves him. I don't know. I don't love you, Zach. You're goofy. You're overrated. Uh, the Rock, though, that's a handsome fella. I got nothing bad to say about him. That million-dollar smile melts me like butter. <laughs> uh, but it was a fun movie. It was basically what you would expect. Uh, buff dudes running, hot chicks running, um, no plot whatsoever. It made no sense what was going on the entire movie. They were they were solving crimes and stuff, and it's like, you're lifeguards. And I think they, they even made that same point over and over and over again. The the analogy I made was it was Fast and the Furious without cars. So like super slow-mo shots of guys jumping off rocks and diving into the water. It was so dumb. And they were saving like morons the whole movie. There was like two or three water rescue scenes and every person that they rescued was a complete fucking moron. You know, the opening scene is some dude on a on a surfboard or whatever. I don't know what you call it, windsurfing or something. Not windsurfing. Guys, guys holding on to a to a plane, which I think made no sense to me at first. I was like, "What the fuck?" You know, when you're you're holding on the back of a boat and you're you're I don't know wakeboarding or something. I don't know what it's called. I'm gonna sound so stupid. Of course not. The fat guy doesn't know the different outdoor activities. I don't. I don't. But they yeah, he's pulling he's pulling on the back. But instead of it being a boat. It looked like a plane or a helicopter. I might not have been fully paying attention, but for whatever reason, it was the thing in the sky pulling them as opposed to 
the thing. I, usually it's a boat, right? Like parasailing, whatever. They begin pulled by a boat and you're up in the sky. Well, this was the thing in the sky is pulling the guy on the water and he surfs way, way too close to the rocks and does some stupid douchebag flip move and then bashes his head in the rocks. I'm like, yeah, leave him there. You know what I mean? Like these guys are basically saving morons. Like, no, I think this is natural selection. This, they don't even need to have jobs. Just let them die. And then <laughs> later in the movie, some woman's kids just jump off a pier. She's like, my kids. Like it was an accident. They're having a conversation and just someone screams. And these kids just jump off the pier. And then she jumps in after them. My kids <laughs> jumps in and all three of them need to be saved. Super stupid movie. Uh, don't give them a dollar for it. It is the dumbest shit ever. It's another one of those. This is the end movies where it's just dick joke after dick joke after dick joke. You know, if you saw Sausage Party, which was another miserable piece of garbage. Uh, did we hear that? Did we all hear that? That ding? I definitely heard it in my ears. So I'm going to turn off the sound of the, uh, the, the, the iPad here. Hoping that it doesn't, uh, fuck, yeah, it's probably going to keep showing us that. That's what I meant to do. I meant to put this fucker on airplane mode. There we go. Behind the scenes, guys, I'm not editing this out. This is me learning how to be a professional fucking podcaster. But, uh, but that ding and, uh, and mental train derailing, train of thought derailing, probably saved you for having to listen to me stutter through any more fucking Baywatch bullshit. Don't go see it. It's a waste of money. Um, yeah, I don't know what do you guys want to talk about, you know, <laughs> I ask you like you're going to do it. I have, uh, I have two shows coming up this weekend, which I'm kind of excited about. Um, on Friday, I'm going to be at the waterfront gastropub, uh, in Carlton place. Uh, I've done that show before a few times. Always a nice little crowd that comes out. It's a quiet little Friday night show, but they have fun with us. I'm, uh, I'm featuring on that. So I'm going to see if I can bring out some new jokes and dick around and talk about some things that I think are funny. And I also have a show on Saturday, which is in some small town I can't remember the name of, uh, which is north of Peterborough. So it's about three, three and a half hours drive there. And then, of course, that much time back. But the money's good, and I got no other job, so why not do it, right? So I'm going to be doing that. It's going to be myself and Jeff McKay. And I believe we're working with another comic out of uh, Lindsay, Ontario. So he'll be much closer, but I'm not 100% sure. So, uh, But anyways, Jeff McKay is a great, great comedic friend. Uh, great comic and great friend. I mean, great comedic friend. Very funny friendship. Um, he was there on, on Friday at the Velvet Room. He hosted. It was a great time. So I'm looking uh, forward to hanging out with Jeff. Jeff and I always have conversations that you can't have with normal people. Civilians, we call you in the business. So, yeah, I mean, we can talk about taboo subject matter, and it's more about just discovering it and turning it over. And <laughs> We're trying to solve the world for you guys, all right? We're going to let you know when we've got it done. We lock ourselves in this in his car, which is our think tank. And we just talk about everything we know <laughs> and we try to solve the world one disgusting subject at a time. So I'm really looking forward to doing that this weekend. That's all I've got coming up this weekend is, uh, is those two shows Friday and Saturday, which is, you know, not nothing. But uh, it's not uh, not something super exciting. I don't think either the, the, the gastropub one is open to the public. So like I said, if you're in Carlton Place and you're looking for a quiet place to see a show, well, I could recommend it. It's a not, not a bad spot, but I certainly wouldn't recommend anyone in Ottawa driving out to see it because... It's quite a ways away, and it's a relatively small room. And then, of course, whatever's going on in, in north of Peterborough, I, I don't even know if I think it's private. So you can't come. You're not allowed. So that's my uh, that's my weekend coming up. I, uh, I was going to talk to you guys about sort of one of the things I want to add to this podcast is, you know, the what I'm working on. You know what I mean? Just sort of what's going on with me if I have any particular goals and stuff right now. And 
And something that I've, I'm, you know, we're doing in the summertime, we're taking the, uh, the kids, Crystal and I are taking the kids to Canada's Winterland. They've never been before. So, uh, I remember when I was a kid, we grew up uh, pretty financially tight. So very, very rarely were we able to go do anything fun like theme parks or, you know, or trips, whatever. So I remember it being a very, very big deal to go to Canada's Wonderland when I was a kid and, uh, and the kiddos have never been. So they're, uh, they're coming. We're we, we got ourselves a, an Airbnb, uh, you know, bought the tickets. We're very excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and there's a game I I've gone with crystal uh, a few years ago and, you know, as an adult here and there, like every four or five years or so, I'd say I'll put a, you know, a car full of friends together. We'll go up and, and have fun for a day. We usually drive down early morning. And then as soon as the park closes, drive back, we do it all in a day. So don't have to waste any money on hotels or anything. And, uh, there's a game that I play every single time I go. It's a tradition. And that game is called how many rides is Josh too fat to fit on? And every year the number's different because there's new rides. There's old rides. There's old rides that I no longer fit on and new rides that are made for Americans. <laughs> One size fits all in that regard. And then a bunch of extra straps to keep normal size people in. So uh, it's, I haven't, okay. So the last time I went somewhere like that, we were actually in Las Vegas for a wedding a few years back and there was a roller coaster on top of, I don't know what it was. I think New York, New York or whatever, but it's one, it's one roller coaster, the only roller coaster in Las Vegas, I believe. And I ended up getting on it and they couldn't close the thing. And I was just like, all right, whatever. It's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I, I don't fit. No, no big deal. And the guy's like, no, no, no. Here, try this cart. Maybe this cart. I'm like, dude, I'm pretty sure they're all exactly the same size design. I go, no, no, I, I think it'll fit on this one. Just come on over here. Did I sit down and exactly the same thing. And of course there's a lineup standing there staring at you right and i'm a generally confident guy like i know i'm overweight i don't i don't hate myself or anything but it's still embarrassing because really you are the show at this point you know what i mean like i feel like they're trying to stuff a grizzly into a cage you know and everyone's watching it's just it's it's uncomfortable so and i remember i couldn't fit so i had to get off walk back pat the way this place was set up i had to walk back past everyone and get my refund which is always great hi can i get a refund oh why if I don't fit on your ride. And again, that was in the States, right? So that's saying something. So I know that's going to be a part of, uh, I know that's coming. That's a coming. There's going to be a part where I get on something and it's just not designed for, uh, for, for full figured gals like myself. So I'm, I'm hoping to be able to, uh, to put down a fucking pizza and go for a couple extra walks and things like that in preparation for this trip. It's at the beginning of August. So I got uh, very little may left june and july for some walks some uh you know sugar-free non-fat blah 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 unhappiness beverages but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna lose some weight i got on the scale yesterday i was 316 pounds Ugh. six through sorry 316 and a half pounds and that was after i went to the bathroom so i had nothing i had nothing left to be like well maybe it's nope that is all me so I, I would like to lose at least, I'd like to get back under 300 would be spectacular. Uh, so I spoke to a, a friend of mine who, uh, who runs a good life. He's going to hook me up with a membership again. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to get back on the old treadmill, take the dog for some more walks, try to, try to burn off some of this Christmas weight <laughs> and, uh, and see if I can get myself back into, uh, the shape of a human being. 
So that's something I'm going to be working on for the next little while. You guys might hear me talking about trying to get in shape. I mean, that's something we all want to do, right? We all want to take care of better, better care of our bodies. And I'll tell you, fucking watching Baywatch last night, everybody in it is just cut to shit and looks amazing. And I'm just like, yep. Even, let's put it this way, even the fat guy in the movie was half my size. And I'm like, he, they're making fun of his body. And I'm like, twice that guy. So... I mean, the only the only saving grace I'd have been like is like, yeah, I don't care how strong they were. Not one of them would have been able to fucking pick me up and <laughs> start running with me the way they were in that movie. So I would just I would slow their roll too. That's what I think is I'd bring them down a peg with me, kind of. Thing. I'm the anchor for their fucking uh, ego. But uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm gonna start going again. I I posted a picture when I was at uh, Costco Sunday morning. <laughs> I saw a book called The Gym Bible by Men's Health. And I, I've been trying to pay more attention to muscle groups and stuff because I, I did have a gym membership for a while and I was going. The problem is, is that a lot of machines and things, you you have to have a particular posture. There's a certain way of doing it. There's like 15 different wrong ways to do it and only one right way. And I remember I had a personal trainer. I got this deal a few years ago when I lost a lot of weight in a short period of time. I had a personal trainer because I got him for, uh, you know, a special good life had. And... He was showing me how to use the machines and everything was really important. Like how you, like how, how straight your back was, how everything's going. And none of the machines tell you to do that. They show a picture with like, you know, part A and part B where it's like, you know, start like this and then you end like this, you know, curl your arms this way, curl your legs that way. That's it. Just up, down, up, down. So in order to, you know, how straight your back has to be and where your chest has to be, what, where your arms should be, how high or low the the bench should be or the the padding should be like all oh, there's so many different aspects of working out properly so i've started to try to figure out you know okay well if i'm trying to work a muscle group yeah i can get on this machine but if that's if i'm not supposed to be doing that on that day or whatever there's a whole gym culture and knowledge base which i don't know and it's again it's kind of kind of sucks because you talk to people like, yeah bro <laughs> you know <laughs> like how do you know all this stuff you know what i mean I don't even know how they learn it. There's got to be songs like the alphabet where that A, B, C, D, right? Because that's how you commit things to memory for children, you know, or, or simple minds. So it's got to be like, you know, lift that heavy stuff, put it down. <laughs> like, I don't know. But I saw the gym Bible and I was like, that's, oh God, like to bring, to bring theology into the gym aspect. That just blows my mind. I would love it. So yeah, it's my Bible, bro. You know, you got to read it every, you got, there, it's not about the stories. It's about the lessons they teach. You know what I mean? Imagine the passages in that. That's the part that I just, I saw that and I thought it would be hysterical. Yo, and then Biff said on to douche, hey bro, how many more reps you got? That's my bench. And wipe that shit down afterwards. Amen. <laughs> I don't know why they sound like 80s Keanu Reeves, but that's just what, what, what big gym dudes sound like to me. There's one that uh, the good life that I go to, I swear to God, he's three times larger on his upper body than he is his lower body. He looks like a fucking minotaur, and that's what I call him. And luckily, he thinks I'm funny, because if you called a guy that fucking big a minotaur to his face, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you die. That's the punishment for insulting mythological creatures. So that was, uh, yeah. So I saw the, the gym Bible. I did not buy it, because I just felt like it was... I just wouldn't want to be carrying that around. And especially as a fat guy reading something called the gym Bible, like all I have to do is pray for better health or something. <laughs> so I am going to try to get back to the gym and just start running my, running my mouth for sure. But, uh, but you know, 
getting the heart rate up and, and burning off the calories. It's also a matter of cutting out a lot of crap. I really appreciate everyone whose advice has been to stop drinking pop. Um, I don't drink pop, so thanks. Uh, I also don't murder people or do anything else that, you know, results in bad things. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, uh, not drinking pop. I do eat fast food. My biggest thing, and I really hope I'm not making excuses here. I'm trying to be as honest as possible and to, to be aware, but I, um, oh, I, uh, 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 I, I do a lot of running around in the morning. I mentioned before that I drive for, uh, you know, a rideshare company. Again, they haven't, uh, they haven't paid me. I have actually sent them emails to see if they want to, you know, do a cross partnership. You know, I'll tell little stories and stuff that happens with them and they can, uh, you know, either kick me some money or, or, you know, give me some promo codes or something like that to give up free rides, something to make it worth my while to advertise their business or give them any recognition. But, uh, I drive early mornings and while I'm out, I do struggle with the mornings. I'm a, I'm a night person and mornings are very, very difficult for me. So I will have like two coffees while I'm on the road in the morning. And it's usually like, you know, large double doubles, which I recently learned, you know, in the last year or so have like 600 calories in them. So with like just my two coffees and then of course I'll come home and have a coffee while I'm doing work in front of the computer. So I end up absorbing like my daily intake of calories in just the coffees that I'm drinking. And then God forbid I have, you know, a meal that's not the the healthiest. I'm, I'm way over budget and we all know calories and things, you know, fat and stuff like that. It's just a math game. You know, if you're taking in more calories than you're burning off in a day, there's going to be leftovers and we put them into storage and, uh, and it's funny too, because like your body, the whole point your body stores fat is because, you know, it, what if someday it can't find food, right? You know, it, what if it needs those calories and you can't find it and, and your body's so adaptable, which is why I think it's funny that like, I wish somebody would just tell my body like, Hey, we've never had trouble finding food. Stop storing it. But it's like a fucking hoarder. You know what I mean? No, what if I need it one day? I might need it. I don't think so. I think we're going to be just fine. We've never had an issue. Stop. Stop holding on to it, man. Just let it go. Move forward. Just get rid of the past. Oh, that would be great if you could just meditate your way into fucking calorie ditching. Big calorie dump. I don't mean poop. I just mean getting rid of it. Just a big calorie. That would look disgusting. Um, so, yeah, I'm just uh, that's that's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking about that a little bit. It's going to suck and I'm going to be miserable. But typically when I'm miserable, I'm a little more funny. So maybe that'll be the case. It's just miserable. I want to eat five guys. I want to eat fucking Baconators. I'm eating broccoli and kale and smoothies. And you can only have juice in the morning. I remember that about the diet too. You can only have fruit in the morning because it has sugar. And then the rest of the day you have to eat fucking shredded newspapers or, you know, mixed with, I don't know what, hemp hearts and stuff. It's gross. I remember the first week on that diet, everything tasted like paper. And I was so unhappy. And then, you know, started doing a yoga, started going to the gym, doing the personal training thing, walking to get, you know, stuff every day. It was a simpler time. I had, uh, I had less on my plate. So we're going to do steady, but surely I'm going to try to lose the weight so that I, I get a couple extra rides in this year at Wonderland. We're going for two days too. So part of me feels like I'm going to be standing at the bottom of a lot of roller coasters like, Hey guys, was it fun? And then after a while they'll be like, yeah, it was fun. All right, stop asking us. I'm just trying to live through you. All I do is buy the pictures of them on the roller coaster. Be like, look how much fun they had. <laughs> so that'll be part of my journey. I, um, 
think that'll do for now, right? I'm going to maybe plug the sponsors a little bit. I, I also want to invite you guys one more time to send in, uh, you know, your questions or, or comments or even just what you guys are working on. I mean, if you guys got things going on that you're excited about, anything that you're working on, uh, you know, some, some little success stories, whatever it is, I don't care. The idea is just I'd love an opportunity to connect with you guys a little bit. It's great that you're listening, but I'd like to, you know, know what's going on with you guys. So please send in an email to contact at onemanpodcast.com, just letting me know what's going on with you. What are you working on? You know, do you have anything embarrassing? Anything that you guys go, did you see any movies that were fucking stupid? Did you waste your weekend watching bad stuff? You know, you, you, you know, are you watching shows? What are you reading, right? Maybe enlighten me with some new books as soon as I can figure out how to read for more than three minutes without passing out, you know? I'll do it. I we watched uh, another like I'm I'm watching my series right now is Better Call Saul. Uh, we watched, you know, I think one or two episodes before we went for the movie. So we watched Prometheus and then got the taste out of our mouths with Better Call Saul, which is a great show. Um, so so watching that. I'm still reading George Carlin's Last Words. I have not read a page since last week, so I'm a little embarrassed about that. I'd like to have it completed before the next podcast, just so that you know every week I'm like, oh, I read a book every week. That's never gonna happen, but at least I can you know comment on something good or maybe i'll just leave what i'm reading out you know who cares but uh, it is now time to mention the sponsors a little bit you know some of the partners uh so the the first partner of course is uh uncle john's bathroom reader from portablepress.com so if you guys are enjoyed the last one i think you're gonna like this one a little more last one was uh, just a few little simple things read from any ER. this time i've got something different for you so it's time for me to read uncle john's bathroom reader yeah and this week i is from uh, uncle john's heavy heavy duty bathroom reader and it's called basic instinct starring jodie foster more films that require a lot of trial and error before casting the actors we've come to know in these roles sorry yeah that sounded weird the way i read that more films that required a lot of trial and error before casting the actors we've come to know in the roles. Can you imagine, for example, number one, Christian Bale as George W. Bush from the movie W in 2008. After he was hired by director Oliver Stone, Bale, from Batman Begins, spent months studying the president, but then dropped out just before filming began because he felt that his prosthetic makeup didn't make him look enough like Bush. Stone hastily cast Josh Brolin instead, and coincidentally, his father, James Brolin, had played Ronald Reagan in a 2003 TV movie. Yay. So there you go. So it was actually Christian Bale who was going to be George W. Bush, which I, I do think was weird, too. Like, around the time when he was doing action movies and stuff, you're going to play, like, the boring-ass president. Anyways. Number two is Julia Roberts as Catherine Trammell. So Basic Instinct, 1992. Jodie Foster, Julia Roberts, and Kim Basinger were, were each offered the role of the seductive crime novelist, but all declined due to the graphic sex scenes. Thank you. So director Paul Verhoeven cast Sharon Stone after seeing her play a seductive killer in 1990s Total Recall. And she was fucking awesome in that movie, too. I think that was like the height of her, her sexiness, too. Because she went nuts after those movies. Uh, the male lead was turned down by Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Denzel Washington, Kurt Russell, Mickey Rourke, Alec Baldwin, Don Johnson, Tom Cruise, and Patrick Swayze. Michael Douglas finally signed on, but only after producers agreed to have his part rewritten as less wimpy which i think is fucking hilarious like sometimes you hear about like two or three you know actors sometimes four that they they offered but just having again sylvester stallone wesley snipes denzel washington kurt russell mickey rourke alec baldwin don johnson tom cruise and patrick swayze 
All those guys came before you and were offered the part. That kind of makes you feel like the place kicker on a football team that has sex with that one slut in, in high school. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to shame sluts or anything, but it's just like, don't you feel kind of like, hey, fuck you for not thinking of me sooner. Michael Douglas, okay, but you got to make me less wimpy. Why, dude? You were the biggest wimp coming in number tw- you know, 12 on the, our selection list. Anyways, uh, number three, Jake Gyllenhaal as Jake Sully. Uh, from Avatar in 2009. James Cameron's first choice was the little-known Australian actor Sam Worthington, but because 20th Century Fox was spending nearly half a billion dollars on the film, they told Cameron to audition Gyllenhaal and Matt Damon, both of whom were big box office draws at the time. Uh, In quotes, Honestly, did I go out and try to woo them? No, admitted Cameron. I had my heart set on Sam. Maybe Jake and Matt sensed my lack of 100% commitment. Neither Damon nor Gyllenhaal wanted the role, so Cameron got Worthington, and Fox still made its half a billion back, and then some. So, yeah, I, I don't know if I could have imagined Jake Gyllenhaal in that role, too, because I really didn't, I, I don't, I don't, he's not a bad actor or anything, but just Jake Gyllenhaal seems to be a little bitch in every movie that I see him in. So, I don't know that I, I love that guy. I, I, I think Sam Worthington did a great job, and the fact that he was not as well-known, I think, did well. It's like HBO shows. They, they've always got these HBO shows that come out. And for the most part, uh, they've got actors that not really everybody knows. And it tends to let you sort of enjoy the character more as opposed to seeing that actor in that role, you know, and until the second or third season come out and they end up, you know, costing 10 times the amount they did because the show's a huge success. So, yeah. Anyways, I, I think that was a good call. Good call, James Cameron. You've proven to know what you're doing in the business. Uh, number four is Rob Lowe as Ren McCormick from Footloose in 1984, which I still have not seen. Uh, haven't seen Footloose, haven't seen Grease, and I fell asleep in Dirty Dancing. Um, I think it's one of my girlfriend's favorite movies. I fell asleep in Dirty Dancing and woke up at the very last part where she runs at him and he lifts her up into the air, which is that iconic scene. So I'm like, I think I, think I saw everything I needed to see. <laughs> but uh, anyways, going back to it, Rob Lowe as Ren McCormick, Footloose, 1984. Tom Cruise and John Travolta both turned down the roles of the high school kid who dares to dance in a town where dancing is banned. So Rob Lowe was cast. When Lowe injured his knee while dancing and had to quit, the producers asked Kevin Bacon to audition based on his work in Diner. Bacon said no. He'd already accepted the lead in Stephen King's horror movie, Christine. Uh, If you get footloose, they told Bacon, it will make you a star. One minute into the audition, Bacon got the part. And it did make him a star. Yay. Uh, number five, where are we at now? Frank, Frank Sinatra and Anthony Perkins as Jerry and Joe from Some Like It Hot in 1959. And I will say Some Like It Hot is a black and white movie with Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. Super funny. One of the funniest movies uh, I, I've ever seen. Anyways, uh, named by the American Film Institute as the best comedy of all time. This classic stars Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis as musicians who dress in drag and join an all-girl orchestra to hide from the mob. Director Billy Wilder wanted Lemon and Curtis, but the studio wanted bigger stars. Sinatra didn't show up to a lunch meeting and Perkins just wasn't right, in quotes. Jerry Lewis declined because he didn't want to wear women's clothes. Wilder got his first choice. A year later, Perkins starred in Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, the AFI's best thriller of all time. Uh, it also had Marilyn Monroe in it, if I'm not mistaken. So that was, uh, she was really, really good in that too. Um, number six, Sandra Bullock as Maggie Fitzgerald. Million Dollar Baby, 2004, which I really didn't like. I found that movie super boring and had a really dark ending. Um, Bullock tried for several years to get this short story made into a film so she could star in it, but no studio wanted to finance a movie about a female boxer. 
Bullock gave up due to a contract, obju- sorry, contractual obligation to film Miss Congeniality 2. When you got a movie about a cop and a beauty pageant, you got to make the sequel. <laughs> Director Clint Eastwood took over the project and secured some financing, but had to come up with half of the money himself. With Bullock unavailable, he hired Hilary Swank and shot the film on a shoestring budget in just 37 days. Result? The movie that no studio wanted ended up winning four Oscars, including Best Picture. Yay. And finally, Kevin Klein as Sam Wheat from Ghost in 1990. So writer Bruce J. Rubin told director Jerry Zucker, Airplane, that Patrick Swayze should star. You mean the dirty dancing guy, asked Zucker. Zucker's first choice was Kevin Klein, who declined. Ooh, that's a funny little play on words there. Uh, so did Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, Kevin Bacon, Al Pacino, Bruce Willis, Harrison Ford, Nicolas Cage, Mickey Rourke, David Duchovny, Johnny Depp, David Duchovny, really? Johnny Depp, Chevy Chase, and Alec Baldwin. Can you imagine Chevy Chase in Ghost? There is not a romantic thing about that guy. But again, here's another list of 4,700 people that they wanted to have first. So none of them believed in the ghostly love story, but Swayze did. You bet him that goddamn romantic. Swayze did. Oh, I don't know if you guys heard that, but I certainly did. Oh, sirens going by. I live next to a hospital. That could be a regular thing. Yeah, but anyways, um, none of them believed in the ghostly love story, but Swayze did. The script made me cry. (laughs) So Zucker reluctantly gave him an audition. Swayze got the part, and Ghost became 1990's top-grossing movie worldwide. So that's those bad boys. And of course, the little quote at the bottom of the page is, More than 125 women are known to have posed as men and fought in the Civil War. So that's another cool little thing. So that's been, uh, as usual, the Uncle John's Bathroom Reader. Little tidbit of the week. Uh, If you guys like those books, like I said, it's just like that's two pages long. Read it in the bathroom. Read it on your back porch. It's all sorts of fun stuff. Check out uh, the other stuff that they have at portablepress.com. Or you can pick it up at regular bookstores, things like that. I uh, I want to thank them. They sent me a big box full of, uh, of of fun stuff to share with you guys over time. So thank you to uh, to my sponsors at the Bathroom Reader Institute and PortablePress.com. Uh, secondly, I will try to bang through this one uh, much quicker. I've got uh, Absolute Comedy, which is my sponsor as well. So check out AbsoluteComedy.ca. They have three clubs uh, in Ontario, in Ottawa, Kingston, and Toronto. Um, they also have dinner and show packages available. So if you'd like to go out, see a show, have dinner at the same time, they've got buffets, things like that. Get a hold of them at absolutecomedy.ca. You'll get the phone numbers for the respective cities. Uh, they do do office parties. So you can do a party, bring your your work to the club and bring everyone out, have a staff party there. Or they can come to you, right? Bring comedians, uh, have them come out. You know, hey, ask for yours truly. and Maybe I'll come entertain you at your boring ass job. <laughs> Sorry. It always makes me laugh when I shit on other people's jobs. Like, I actually have one. This is so not a job. But uh, they have that available. And also in uh, July, there's a really fun thing coming up called the Prove Your Comic Competition is happening in Ottawa and Toronto. It's not big enough uh, in Kingston just yet to bring in that many comedians. But that's a lot of fun. We'll be talking about that in a few weeks. I'll be bringing uh, the owner of Absolute Comedy on to talk about that. Uh, it's a great thing for, for new aspiring comics. Um, so just to give you guys the lineups real quick at absolute comedy in Ottawa this week, the headliner is Brian Stollery from uh, Calgary. Very, very funny guy. Uh, you can see him on Canada laughs and, and things like that. You hear him on the radio. Uh, the host is Matt Bergman from Washington. Very funny guy. I've worked with many times. And of course, from right here in Ottawa, we have Alistair McAllister, uh, at absolute comedy in Kingston. The headliner is DJ Demers, who I just mentioned was, uh, you know, he was here in Ottawa last week. He will be in Kingston. You have not missed your opportunity. Uh, you know, from from Canada originally, now makes his home in Los Angeles. 
as well as Lamont Ferguson, who I mentioned has opened for George Carlin, is super funny, also from Los Angeles. And the middle act at Absolute Comedy Kingston is Martha O'Neill, who is from Toronto. Super, super funny lady. Um, and finally, Absolute Comedy in Toronto, headliner Moody McCarthy from New York. Uh, Moody is super, super funny. I will be working with Moody uh, a Canada Day weekend in Montreal. So looking forward to seeing Moody again. If you guys are in Toronto, please, please go check out uh, Moody Headlines. Super funny guy. The host is Daniel Woodrow, originally from Ottawa, and now makes his home in Toronto as well. And of course, Dan Mahoney from Buffalo, New York. Very, very funny guy. So great shows at all three clubs. Check out absolutecomedy.ca if you're looking for something fun to do a night out. Definitely check that out. Always fun at Absolute Comedy. And uh, I'm going to get to the questions now. So I've got I've got some more questions that were emailed in this week, and I appreciate that. So once again, I want to welcome you guys to send me an email. Contact at onemanpodcast.com. Send in your comments. Send in your questions. Send in your whatever it is, your goals, your hopes, your dreams. Just reach out, and I will give you guys a shout-out. So the first person who wrote in is my buddy Chris, who I believe lives in Renfrew, also listening to the podcast. Uh, Chris says... Hey, Josh, Chris here. I just listened to your podcast. Good stuff. I don't mind that it really didn't have any direction. Thanks, man. Uh, not knowing what it's going to be about keeps me on my toes. Here are some shows that I've enjoyed. There are the obvious ones like Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, which is getting bland in brackets, he put. And I got to agree, I really liked the first half of season seven of The Walking Dead. Uh, very exciting. Negan was a super cool character. But then it just sort of like every episode felt like it could have been summed up in 10 minutes and we had to sit through the longest amount of just horse caca to get to the end of the episode for the one thing. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm still going to watch it. It's my show, but it's definitely, I agree with you. It is getting bland. So they're going to need something to happen to, to get me back and in, invested. Um, but yeah, so, uh, he's watching game of Thrones, walking dead Westworld has been pretty cool. I assume, you know, of these I've heard of Westworld. I, I used to think for some reason that Westworld was like a colonization show. I don't know why. I, I didn't see any trailers or anything, but you're like, oh, Westworld. And I feel like it's Christopher Columbus sailing west. <laughs> like, that's that's what I thought, the Western world. So maybe that's where my brain just thought. So I'm like, I'm not really interested in some cartography show. <laughs> but apparently it's like a sci-fi thing or whatever. It's like, it's like robots, robots and cowboys. Like, I feel like it's like that Cowboys and Aliens movie that Jon Favreau did there. So I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. Um, he says, I assume you know of these. You probably also know of Workaholics and It's Always Sunny. I know of Workaholics and I've seen a couple episodes of It's Always Sunny. I don't I don't love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've only seen the first couple episodes, so I have not seen it um, with Danny DeVito in it, which I hear steals the show. But uh, I, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, I, I hate Charlie Day. I don't I don't hate him as a person. We get that as comics. Like if someone doesn't like a joke or your act, they're like, I hate that comedian. It's like, eh, you know, maybe just maybe just the characters he picks, but I just find him to be so whiny. Everything is whiny and bitchy. Like in Horrible Bosses, Jennifer Aniston wanted to have sex with him, and he's like, "That's so bad, I don't like it." Bad. It's like, dude, she, Jen, you know how many people would kill to be with Jennifer Aniston, and you're a whiny little bitch, and you can't. I don't know. It was just like I, I never buy his characters. Always sort of whiny and and oh my god, I can't believe. Like I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I've I've tried to watch. I can't get past Charlie Day. So maybe I'll give it another try. I'll definitely check out Workaholics. I've seen it. Uh, you said big fan of those. But the one that I love and I hope you don't know about is the IT crowd. Super funny British comedy. I've heard of it and I've seen who's in it. I think that Jamarcus guy from The Watch, the Ben Stiller movie with Vince Vaughn there. I believe he's in it. Um, super funny British comedy. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Give it a try. 
Another British show worth, worth watching is Sherlock. That show is outstanding. Yeah, I think uh, I think IT Crowd. I mean, I may as well take your suggestion and, and have a peek at IT Crowd. Um, Sherlock is a huge series and stuff. There's, I mean, I know there's so many great little nerdy shows and stuff like that that I'm I'm certain I would love. I just don't have the time, so I have to do one series at a time. And I think I think as soon as I get through Better Call Saul, I will give the IT Crowd uh, a try. Um, yeah, that show is outstanding in terms of Sherlock. I go into a lot of details about why I like these and therefore suggested these shows, but I'm lazy and want you to take a chance on me. Well, I will do that. Anyway, I look forward to hearing my name mentioned in the next podcast. Just kidding in brackets. Well, I did it anyways, Chris. Um, hope to run into you soon. P.S. I ran into your bro at Comic-Con. Long story short, I guess we are going to be board game buddies soon, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my brother is part of this uh, this board game culture where they get together and, and play games. He's got something... Uh, a specially designed table or whatever at his house that's called like geek chic i think is the brand name um and it's like a table that's specially designed for board games where like, you take out the inserts the sides slide out and you can put little dice and cards and and whatever stuff they use for board games so my brother's super into that stuff he's got like five board game nights a week i know some other people uh, comedian tim real is big into board games and i guess you are too chris so, you know, I'm not very good at them. They bring up the, the worst in me. I get very competitive with board games. <laughs> and of course, the more complicated they are, the more ridiculous. I'm like, okay, so how does this work? And I feel like I'm trying to put together something from Ikea because I got to keep reading the instructions over and over again to try to make it, make it work. So, yeah, man, if you want to hang out with my brother, that's cool. I, I don't do it. So it's going to be more time, more time to hang out with you. Um. Thanks for writing in, man. I'm going to definitely check out the uh, the IT crowd. Um, if you haven't watched Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, there's a, there's a recommendation for you. But again, that's, that's I mean, I can't be the first person who said that to you, so hopefully you've seen those. Um, thanks for writing in, buddy, and, uh, and let me know let me know what's going on with you. If you have, if you have a board game night with my brother, let me know. It sounds really lame, but I, I hope that you enjoy it. I like lots of lame stuff myself. Um, David wrote in, what do you find is your best source for comedy? Which is very just a one-line question. I still appreciate you writing it in. Not as uh, not as worded as, as Chris's. I like it when there's more from you and less from me. But um, one of my best sources for comedy is just my life. Things happen all the time that you know you'd see in a National Lampoon's movie. But just how ridiculous! What are the odds of that happening? Stuff like that happens to me all the time. Like I'll give you an example. Just something I, I've always been meaning to tell on stage and just never found a, a way for it to fit. But since I'm getting over being sick and this sort of pertains to that, I'll tell you guys this brief story and just give you an example of how this is like unbelievable stuff that you would never expect to uh, to hear. I uh, I remember being sick a couple of years ago and I was having this day where I just I just wanted to sleep. I was sick. I, I was trying to sleep all day and I couldn't. I finally started to feel tired. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. And it was like it was spring or summertime, so it wasn't cold out or anything like that. But I knew I just needed rest. And I went to open the back door. There's an apartment, but I had a nice, nice sort of patio balcony out back. And I'm like, I'm going to open the door just to let some fresh air in. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but when you feel sick, you feel like the air around you is just sort of stale and stagnant. So I'm like, door open. You know, we're going to make this place to change the air in here. I'm going to feel better. So I open the back door and I start to walk to my bedroom, which the way this, this apartment was laid out, it was the furthest door and place from the back door. Okay. Um, so I walk, start walking towards my bed and all of a sudden I just hear, and this crow, was it a crow? Yeah, I think it was a crow. 
It was a big blackbird, but I'm pretty sure it was a crow. It wasn't a raven. That just scared the shit out of me. But yeah, this big croak flies into the 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 apartment. Beelines for the other side of the apartment because these big windows. So beelines for the other side, bam, into the wall. Falls down, starts flying up again, and flies to the left right into my bedroom. And my bedroom was small and and curtains and and everything like you couldn't. It was it was actually ridiculously small, which is why I made the bedroom. It was just for sleeping. The the bigger room was my office, and. It flies right into my room, smacks into one of the curtains, and shits. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'm, I'm sure it was scared. I love animals. I don't wish any ill on it. But it shits right away on on all of my curtains. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then it falls down on the bed, shits again. All right. Gets up, tries to fly at my other window, bangs into that, shits again all over those curtains, and then it jumps up on the ceiling fan, which was stationary at the time, but it flies up and lands on the ceiling fan, which makes, you know, it's landing there, gives it momentum, starts spinning around. It's, it starts shitting like this. Uh, I can't, I was so mad at the time. And everyone laughed when I told them the story, but I was so mad. So it's it lands on the blade, starts the, the blade spinning and it shits all over like a fucking merry-go-round sprinkler, just bird shit flying out of it going on. I'm like, how much shit does this bird have? And shits all over my bed, all over the curtains, all over the floor, all over my dresser, bird shit everywhere. And so I go into the bathroom, I grab a towel and I I get it to a point where I'm able to throw the towel over this thing. And then I was very gentle to make sure I grabbed it by the wings and held them nicely, flipped the towel back off it so it could see. And then I took it out to the back door, you know, let it go outside, close the door and it flew off. But I go back to my room. So instead of the open the door and go lay down and finally get some sleep, I now walk into my bedroom, which is covered. I had black bedding, black curtains. So I'm now taking all my curtains down and cleaning bird shit off, but cleaning off the surfaces of my, my headboard and my dresser so I can wipe all the bird shit off, stripping my linens. So I don't, I mean, like I said, the people who heard it thought it was fucking hysterical. I was so pissed off and I was just, I was so defeated at the time. It's just like all I wanted to do to go to, was to go to sleep. And the odds that this thing would fly into the house and then fly into my bedroom, about, right? Because you could just fuck it if it was in the bathroom or the, the office. Fuck it. Close the door. I'll clean it later. I need a, a bit of sleep. But no, the fact that it got right in my bedroom, shit everywhere. And you're sick, right? So I'm like, I don't want to fucking wake up with the bird flu, right? I need to get this shit the fuck into my bedroom right now. So um, to answer your question, what do I find is the best source for comedy? Uh, me living my life. All I have to do is want something nice for myself and the universe will give me the finger uh, in my butt. So that's uh, that's what it is. So um, I, I appreciate your question, Dave. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris, for writing in. Thank you, all my friends who are listening. Um, we're at the 58-minute mark, guys. And I hope episode two has been a lot more interesting for you to listen to than episode one. I've got my two shows coming up this weekend in Carlton Place and north of Peterborough. Uh, lots of fun things coming up in the near future. I've got more uh, more content for you guys, some more stories. Um, if you want to hear anything in particular, keep in mind, you guys hold all the power. I'm happy to read your stuff. So one last time, contact at onemanpodcast.com. Send questions, comments, stories, whatever you want. I will read them and incorporate you guys in this so we can have some fun together. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all at One Man Podcast. And uh, until next week, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for contributing. Thank you for all the fun things you will send me on texts and Facebook. And I really look forward to your feedback again. Thanks so much for everything. We'll see you next week. Bye.